The Baltimore Ravens are the best team in the NFL, and it is not really close, especially after their dominant Week 17 win over the Miami Dolphins. We'll talk about that and so much more coming up next on this episode of Locked On NFL. You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast, your daily NFL podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostraker. I'm the host of Locked On Ravens and one of the many NFL experts here on our network. We are free and available on all podcasts and platforms here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for being here and making us your first listen each and every day on Locked On NFL. Be sure to subscribe, video form, audio form, the whole nine yards here. Same show, both audio and video. Today's episode of Locked On NFL is brought to you by by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use go to lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Five days a week, we have NFL content for you on this channel. And we're bringing you the biggest stories from across the NFL each and every single week. I know I sound sick because I am sick. So we're going to be powering through on today's episode of Locked On NFL. We're first going to be talking about the Ravens, though. My team, so I'll be taking you through why the Ravens are the best team in the NFL, and it's really not even close. Then we'll talk with Chris Carter of Locked On Steelers about the Steelers somehow, somehow still being alive in the playoff picture. Then we'll move on to the New Orleans Saints, and if they're going to make the playoffs here after a big win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So let's first start off with the Ravens here. 56-19, to 19, they win over the Miami Dolphins. This was essentially bat- the battle for the one seed. The Ravens came in a game ahead of the Dolphins, but obviously if the Dolphins had beaten the Ravens in Week 17, they would have tied the record and had the head-to-head tiebreaker. So big, big win for Baltimore, and it was in dominant fashion. It, went, it was a way that the Ravens also responded. The Dolphins get the ball first. They go up 7 to nothing, and then the Ravens respond with a touchdown. Tyreek Hill drops a touchdown in the end zone, so it's a field goal instead of a touchdown. And then Baltimore just made Tua Tungavailoa very uncomfortable for the majority of the game after that. It was much like we saw them do to Brock Purdy. Many people called the 49ers the best team in the league, right? Ravens go in there, they destroy them in San Francisco. It's about the Ravens and them having test after test after test. And, you know, they, they've passed all their regular season tests. They've done it. Now, the next step for them, obviously, is the playoffs. They're now locked into the number one seed in the AFC. So for them... It's now about getting healthy. They do play the Steelers in week 18. That game means nothing to them, essentially. They could have three weeks of rest. That's really, really big for a team that has essentially gotten really banged up and have lost a couple of key guys to injuries, but not the season-ending type. Kyle Hamilton missed this game. Brandon Stevens did. Marlon Humphrey got injured early. They were down a bunch of secondary members. Look, I'm not saying Miami didn't have anybody injured. Miami's been they've been littered with injuries all season. Seems like a new guy or a couple new guys go down every week. Unfortunately, that was the case again for them this week is Xavier and Howard leaves earlier than Bradley Chubb for some reason was in the game late. And the fear is that he has a torn ACL, but there was no Jalen Waddle in this game for the Dolphins. No Raheem Mostert, Robert Hunt, their starting guard didn't play. But at this time of year, no one's healthy. And the buy is such a big asset. There, there's a lot of conversation though in Baltimore, at least about wanting the Vibers not having it or not wanting it because of what happened in 2019. That Ravens team went 14-2, and dominated the league. And for me, part of this thing with the Ravens and everything that happened in 2019, I don't like to marry history together. 
where I think the 2019 and 2023 are, are different. That defense didn't have Roquan Smith on it, didn't have Patrick Queen on it, didn't have Justin Matabike on it, right? All these all these players, Brandon Stevens wasn't on there, Mike McDonald, and then for the Ravens offense, Lamar was throwing to guys like Seth Roberts and Willie Sneed, and you know they didn't have Odell or Zay Flowers. It's different. The offense was great under Greg Roman that year. It was historic. I'm not trying to take away from what that 2019 team did, but I think the Ravens are just better prepared. Lamar Jackson has been through things. He, he, he's been through that playoff loss. I'm not saying that means the Ravens are going to win the Super Bowl this year, but I just don't know who else you're picking. And I don't understand. I don't understand the reason why you can make an argument for San Francisco, but Baltimore whooped them in San Francisco. So the Ravens have passed every test that's been put in front of them. The AFC doesn't look like they have any juggernauts outside of Baltimore. I'm, I'm high on this Baltimore team. Again, the playoffs are a whole different season. It doesn't matter if you play the best in the regular season. It matters if you play the best in the playoffs. That's what matters. You can be the best regular season team of all time. The Ravens had that in 2019. But if you're not the best team in the playoffs, everything you did in the regular season does not matter. We don't look back here in Baltimore if that 2019 season is the greatest thing ever to happen because what, what didn't happen? The Ravens didn't win the Super Bowl. So to me, that's where the differentiation between 2023 and 2019 happens where I just think it's two different arcs in the Ravens organization I'm not trying to pin one on the other. Now, in terms of rest, the Ravens are in the same situation as 2019, where the Steelers will be coming to Baltimore in the last week of the season. It was obviously week 17 back then. It's week 18 now. But the Ravens decided to rest their starters in 2019. I believe the Ravens will take somewhat of a different approach because, look, the, the game doesn't mean anything to the Ravens on Sunday, right? But the game means something to the Steelers, and how perfect would it be if – all of a sudden, the Ravens, maybe not playing all their guys. I'd assume they maybe play some guys for a quarter or a half. Maybe treat it like a preseason game. I wouldn't expect injured guys to play. But what if they can ruin the Steelers' season? A division rival, right? Their biggest rival. What if they can end their season? Like they did back in 2018 when they weren't even playing them. The Ravens beat the Browns to end the Steelers' season. So really exciting time in Baltimore right now. And I think that for the Ravens, there's plenty to be excited about. Coming up in the second part of the show, we'll be talking with Chris Carter, Locked on Steelers about how the Steelers are still alive in this whole playoff race. So we should have stayed from not to get to unlocked on NFL. First, this episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. And if you're looking for daily fantasy sports, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun so many have had them up to 25 times their money this football season. All you have to do is select two or more players, pick more or less in their projected stats, and place your entry. With the basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the specials league. The league grade is specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James and Travis Kelsey had a 10.5 combo with three pointers made plus receptions. And if you want to play along since I'm a prize picks favorite players like Rafa Meek Mill, comedian Andrew Schultz, you can now find community plays under the promos tab of the app to re-enter some of the biggest names in the prize picks community each week. Prize picks even offers an awesome reboot policy. So you're interested in play, even if one of your players gets injured for football and basketball games. If you have a player who's exits the game in the first half and doesn't return in the second, that player is rebooted. Prize picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. Go to pricepicks.com slash lockdown NFL and use code lockdown NFL for a first boss match up to $100. That's pricepicks.com slash lockdown NFL. Use code lockdown NFL for a first boss match up to $100. Prize picks daily fantasy sports media team. We're back for our second segment, Locked On NFL. Kevin Ostriker still talking with you here. We talked about the Ravens. Let's move to another AFC North team in the Pittsburgh Steelers. Chris Carter of Locked On Steelers joins us to talk about the big wins the Steelers had over the Seattle Seahawks in Week 17 and how Pittsburgh can actually weasel their way into the playoff conversation. Let's talk with them now. 
The Pittsburgh Steelers are not dead yet. They come out with a big win in week 17 to keep their playoff hopes alive against the Seattle Seahawks 30 to 23 here to talk about what the Steelers playoff chances actually are and more. It's Chris Carter, the host of locked on Steelers and Chris, despite how much dysfunction on the offense, there's been at times this year, the quarterback situation being so ever changing over there in Pittsburgh, Mike Tomlin reaches into that voodoo bag and pulls out his voodoo magic clinches another non-losing season for this Pittsburgh team, and they are still in the playoff hunt. How is he doing this, and how is his team still in contention right now? You know, I think it's it's something that when a lot of people are panicking, Mike Tomlin is cooking. He's trying to find something. He's pushing his guys. He's pushing to get efforts. And if you would have told me at the beginning of the season that Mason Rudolph would have come in at the end of the season and led back-to-back 30-point offensive performances, the first time the Steelers have done that since 2020, I would have called you a liar. I would have said, no, nah, you get get out of here. That, 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 that ain't real. And to be fair, you know, for the Steelers, today wasn't all about Mason Rudolph. Uh, he, he was very efficient, 18 of 24, 274 passing yards, a passer rating of 112, didn't throw a touchdown or an interception. Today, you know, the, the Steelers won because – that they ran the football. They were the offensive line that this team has been trying to build. Najee Harris, 27 carries, 122 yards, two touchdowns, spectacular performance, bulldozing opponents in his way. Jalen Warren, 13 carries, 75 yards, and, and, and a touchdown. Um, and George Pickens, just phenomenal. He had 195 yards last week, 131 yards this week. The Steelers' offense has come alive. And even while the Steelers' defense is dealing with injuries upon injuries, they're down to their seventh and eighth safeties, their fifth and sixth linebackers. They're still finding ways to get stops. They held the Seahawks to three and nine on uh, on third downs. Huge part of that win. And now, as it stands, according to the New York Times playoff calculator, they have a 28% chance to make the playoffs. And it's gotten to be very simple now because the Colts play the Texans next week. One of those teams has to lose. And even if one, and if one of them doesn't and they tie, that also helps the Steelers. Let me explain. The Steelers have to win. To, to, to get in. I mean, they, they could, they technically, they could lose and they would still have a 20% chance of getting, of getting into the playoffs. But if they win, that turns to a 71% chance because all they'd be looking at is the Jaguars needing to lose the Titans or the Bills needing to lose the Dolphins. And the Dolphins are a team that they, if they lose next week, they lose the division and then they're going on the road. The, the following week so that is a must-win game at home for the Dolphins the Jaguars also on the road against the against the Titans Titans have been struggling the tight the Jaguars had a bounce back game against the Panthers this week but they've also been struggling the, those are two very uh the, I, I think I consider both of those games at least close to toss-ups that's why it's a it's a um uh that that's why if the Steelers are able to win and you know a big big thing the game that you covered the Ravens winning. The Ravens have nothing to play for this week, this upcoming week. They're, they're going to be able to rest their starters, get guys healthy. I saw, I think it was uh, Patrick Queen was like holding his shoulder a lot on certain plays. There's a lot of guys like that who are banged up. They're going to rest those guys. I don't know if they're going to rest. You're not going to rest everybody. You can't rest everybody. But that tells me that the Ravens might take it easy th this week. They're still not going to let the Steelers win, but that gives you a better chance to beat a team that's right now the best team in football in the, in the Baltimore Ravens. And if and I think that increases the Steelers' chances. So now what was just earlier today, if you had looked at how this, the slate of games fell in the 1 o'clock hour, the Steelers' percent chances dropped all the way down to 9%. And now it stands at 27, 27%, and it'll be up to 72% if they can beat a Baltimore Ravens team that has nothing to play for in Week 18. 
Yeah, it's big for him. And Pittsburgh does have some momentum here. You talked about the running game with Najee Harris and Jalen Warren, but you're right. Mason Rudolph just comes out of nowhere. We know Kenny Pickett's been struggling, and ever since the injury, really the whole season just has not been it. Joe Flacco has more touchdowns, I believe, during his time mm-hmm. than Kenny Pickett has in his career. So I think that for Baltimore and Pittsburgh in this Week 18 game, Pittsburgh has a chance to run into a Ravens team that's not going to play a lot of their guys potentially, which does help them out. But if the Steelers team does do what many believed was the impossible a couple of weeks ago and make the playoffs, I mean, how far do you think they could go? Do you think this team has enough momentum to maybe string a run together, or do you think it might just be a one and done if they make it? I think it depends on who they draw. If they drew the Kansas City Chiefs with the way the Chiefs are playing right now, I think this Steelers team could hang with them because the defense is going to be able to get pressure. Uh, I think that the Chiefs that they're playing right now, that they, they eked out a win against the Bengals, a Bengals team, a Bengals team that the Steelers smacked up just, just a week ago. And I'm not guaranteeing the Steelers anything. They're still not even guaranteeing the playoff spot. But if they were able to fight their way into the sixth seed of, of the playoffs, that could be the, the key matchup because then if you draw the Kansas City Chiefs, I think that's a team that you match up very well with right now. You can you, If your offense continues the path that it's on right now, maybe not 30 points, but score in the upper 20s, get some turnovers. I can see them matching up with them. But the fact of the matter is, Kevin, there's no there's no juggernaut outside of the Ravens and the AFC right now. Like you look you look at the the the, the way that teams are playing. The Bills are hot, but they've also been inconsistent this this year. Uh you know, they're a team heck, they were struggling against the Patriots earlier on on Sunday. Um you know, the Brown the Browns are hot, but those team the two the Steelers have gone have gone head to head with them and split with them so far. Um so I look at this as the, the Steelers they're not a Super Bowl contender in the least. But they can win a coin flip of a game in the first round of the playoffs, uh, and they can lose a coin flip of a game. But they're a team that I, if I'm if I'm the Chiefs or or the or the Jaguars, I'm not trying to draw them. I don't think they they can draw the Jaguars because I think the Browns have locked the fifth seed officially, so the Jaguars actually wouldn't have to worry about them. But if if I'm the Chiefs or the Dolphins, I you know I might be looking at that team like yeah, you know I might want to hope that the Colts make the make make that spot there rather rather than the Steelers right now because this Steelers team is completely different. And to your point about the quarterback situation, when Kenny Pickett started and finished a game this year, the Steelers were seven and two. They lost all their games when when Mitch Trubisky either started or came in and replaced Kenny Pickett at the end of the game. And then all of a sudden they bring in Mason Rudolph because they see that Mitch Trubisky isn't getting it done. And then. He comes in and he delivers two 30-point performances. If the Steelers get get this kind of offense against these other teams, uh, I would not be uh, I would I would not be shying away from the upset alert on, in some playoff matchups. And to go to that quarterback position, I want to look ahead to the offseason, regardless of if Pittsburgh makes it or not here oh at the quarterback boy. position, because there is now a decision to make there. Kenny Pickett clearly, you know. Not a lot of people in Pittsburgh still believe he is the answer. This is a deep quarterback class coming up. Now, who knows where Pittsburgh is going to draft and if they'll have a shot at any of those guys. But with Mason Rudolph, the way he's playing, do give him a shot to win the battle next year. Does Kenny Pickett still have a chance to expect Pittsburgh to be hot in the quarterback market in the offseason? Where are you with that right now? I'm of the opinion that the Steelers need to be keeping all doors open when it comes to um, the quarterback position in this offseason. Look, Mason Rupp's giving you some inspired football right now, but he's also still like he's just he's still a game manager, and that's not a slight to him. Game managers are important, and there's good game. Brock Purdy's a game manager and was in the MVP conversation this, this, this past year. Um, but I think the Steelers are in the position where if the right guy falls in the first round and they, they deem it reachable, go get the guy. But also, if there's a guy in the second or third round that you think is of the right value, 
take a shot at him. The Steelers, I think, could use some youth at the quarterback position. Um, I think Mitch Trubisky is going to end up being cut after this season with the way that he played. They'll probably keep Kenny Pickett, keep Mason Rudolph. And, you know, barring a first round draft pick, a high first round draft pick uh, going to like if they trade up and go get a guy, I could see them drafting a, a quarterback this year and then having them come into camp and kind of just watching, you know, Mason and Kenny duke it out. And then whatever happens from that, they'll be the, the, the young quarterback that goes in if either one of them starts messing up too much. So um, I, I could certainly see that being the case right now. I, I think the Steelers right now, they're just they, they recognize that like, hey, everything's in flux at the moment. Nobody in their right mind thought Mason Rudolph would come in and drop back-to-back 30-point performances in the, in the offense um, and, and maybe as steady as he has been other than maybe Mason Rudolph. So with that happening, I think the Steelers are, are, are going to say, you know what, let's see how the season finishes. Let's see how Kenny Pickett heals, heals up at the, at, at the end of the year. And then going into the offseason, all bets are off. They're going to find the best talent that they can regardless of where they can find it. Uh, I think center, linebacker, corner, safety – all those are going to be priorities. I even put interior defensive line there, uh, maybe also offensive tackle. Like they have plenty of needs, but if they think that they can find the guy that they really think is their next franchise quarterback in the draft, you can't afford to not take him. Heck, if, if you get it right and, and you have to move on from what you thought might be Pickard or might be Rudolph or whatever, you still got it right. And then you're right for the next 15 years. They got to take the shot. And I think I think if they if their right guy is there that they look at and evaluate, they'll take it. Chris is awesome. And Steelers, they have a shot here. The Ravens can play spoiler, but Pittsburgh is going to be playing their heart out in week 18. Coming up in the final part of the show, Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints will join us to talk about the Saints situation again in the 2023 playoffs. Stay tuned. We have plenty to talk about on Locked On NFL. First, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel America's number one sportsbook. Right now, your customer get $150 in bonus bets. Guaranteed when you place a $5 bet, that's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is awesome. It's super easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays. You can find best in the Explore tab. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. The best way to find popular parlays and so much more. And maybe you looked at that Ravens and Dolphins game in week 17. You picked the Ravens money money line. That'd be a really good one for you. Maybe you picked Isaiah Likely scored two touchdowns, Charlie Kohler, Patrick Ricard. Plenty of ways you're going to make money on that Ravens and Dolphins game over on FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash lockdown to make your first bet a layup. FanDuel official partner of the NFL. We are back locked on NFL here. Kevin Ostriker here talking with you on this Monday, wrapping up week 17's NFL action. Happy New Year to everybody. We are January 1st, 2024. I hope everybody has a great New Year and had a great New Year's Eve. Depending on who your football team was, you might have had a good one. You might have had a bad one. Be sure to subscribe to us here on Locked on NFL. We really appreciate it. Five-day-a-week NFL content, video form, audio form. It's the same show, so if you want to listen one day, you can. And if you want to switch over and watch another, you absolutely can do that as well. Let's talk with Ross Jackson of Locked on Saints. The Saints have been a roller coaster all season, but they can still win their division with some help and a win. We'll talk about that with Ross now. The New Orleans Saints keep their playoff hopes alive, defeating a division rival, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 23-13, to to move their record to 8-8. Eight and eight. Here to talk about the Saints with me and their playoff scenarios to get into the big dance is Ross Jackson, the host of Locked On Saints. And, Ross, it was a big game for the Saints. They pull off a win. Derek Carr throws for two touchdowns. The defense forces a couple turnovers 
on Baker Mayfield. I'm not sure a ton of people gave the Saints a shot in this game, but how'd they pull it off? Yeah, even I didn't give them a shot uh, in this game. I think I picked the the um, the the Bucks to win by like 17 points or something like that, wow. much like they did earlier on in the year. But there was not a lot of confidence about around this New Orleans Saints team. But you know what? There was confidence within this New Orleans Saints team, within the New Orleans Saints organization, and those are the guys that play the game. So they're the ones that get the 10 point victory. And the way that they were able to do it was by clean execution, especially in the first half, getting their first. It's week 17. Okay, week 17. First opening drive touchdown of the season. Okay, you heard that right. Uh, and then being able to build off of that. And what this New Orleans Saints team has proven is that they do have an identity when everything's going well on the offensive side. They struggle to manage adversity on that side of the football and kind of counteract some of that. However, in this game, everything kind of went the way that it needed to for them early in the offense. And Derek Carr in particular, who played a really, really good game, particularly in the first half, 202 yards, both of his touchdowns, 81% completion percentage in the first half. That propelled the New Orleans Saints to a big enough lead for them to be able to hold off the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who kind of serves a little bit in that fourth quarter. Yeah, and there's been so much conversation all season or else about is Derek Carr the guy? Is he finished mm-hmm. and all of this? And there have been some bad losses for the Saints, and they're in a position to they can win the division in week 18 if stuff goes right for him. I know I you your face there shows disbelief. I'm not sure you expected them to be in this situation right now. Can you kind of lay out the Saints' playoff scenarios and how they can get in? Yeah, so surprisingly, this is a team that looked like they were dead in the water and now actually have two different paths to getting to the playoffs. They can still win their division, first of all, which is wild to say about an 8-8 eight and eight team. Uh, but if they win next week against their their biggest rivals, right, the most bitter rivals in the Atlanta Falcons, who will go to New Orleans to play in that game, and then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I get an, what I'll call an unlikely loss, if we're being honest here, Kevin, an unlikely loss to the Carolina Panthers, then the Saints would actually win the division and go in as a number four seed and not only play in the playoffs, but host a playoff game, which feels like a thing that probably we shouldn't be talking about at this point, but we 100% are uh, when it comes to this team. The other path is through the wild card round. So if the Saints win and the Bucks win, then they could still make it as a wild card team, very likely the seventh seed. They would do that if the uh, Green Bay Packers lose next weekend. They'll be taking on the Chicago Bears, so another potentially unlikely loss there. And if the Seattle Seahawks lose next week, then that would actually put the Saints in as a wild card team. So still paths crazy enough for the Saints team here. But Ross, I know that with the Saints, again, I don't know how much belief there would be for them in a playoff game for a Super Bowl run. I want to ask you that question because, again, it's been such a weird year for the Saints. The thought of them even making the playoffs, I think, to some is like a whoa factor. So is this a team that, hey, maybe could pull off a couple of crazy wins and go on a little bit of a run if they make it? Or if they make it, are you just kind of like, oh, okay, they're probably going to lose to whoever is that fifth seed if they win the division? Nah, that's no fun. I think you have to go in there and have this understanding that, yeah, they could surprise and they could, you know, move on to the division round, divisional round at least, or something like that. I wouldn't put money on the New Orleans Saints being your 2024 Super Bowl champion or anything like that, but I wouldn't say that they're going to be, you know, this definitive one and done team either. I mean, what we haven't seen the New Orleans Saints do that you usually see across every team season is we haven't seen this team. We haven't seen this team get a surprise win. Tampa maybe was that team on Sunday, but usually you kind of 
you know how it is when you're doing like record predictions and things like that. You usually say, okay, well, this feels like one of those easy games that they should win that they'll lose. And then there's always kind of that one big upset win that they manage to find that they, that every team manages to find. Saints don't really have that trademark victory. Think about like the Cardinals knocking off the Cowboys early on in the season. And then the Eagles later on in the season, um, those, that type of win hasn't been there for the new Orleans Saints yet. So could it happen? Absolutely, that they move on through the wild card round or something like that. I, I wouldn't swell, you know, any expectations bigger than that. I wouldn't even say that there's an expectation that they would get past the first round. But if they get there and they get the opportunity to play, there's no reason to believe that this New Orleans Saints team wouldn't at least compete and put up a fight uh, in that first kind of opening round of the playoffs. Now, if they do make it to the opening round and lose, Ross, in your opinion, is that enough for them to keep Dennis Allen? Is that enough for you? to keep Derek Carr. What's the direction of the franchise if it's just a wild card exit for the Saints? Yeah, no, it's a great question. I, I don't think that anything that happens from this point forward changes what's going on with Dennis Allen and Derek Carr. Both of them will be back with the New Orleans Saints in 2024. Um, no matter what happens, they can get embarrassed at home against the Atlanta Falcons. They can get embarrassed in the first round of the playoffs. It does not matter. Dennis Allen will be the head coach in 2024. Derek Carr will be the starting quarterback in 2024. Derek Carr's contract is way, way too cumbersome to get out of. He's also a large part of how they get under the salary cap as they currently sit $87 million over the salary cap in classic New Orleans Saints fashion. Uh, and Dennis Allen has done more than enough for the for this Saints organization, although the fan base might not agree, for the Saints organization, and some media don't agree either, uh, but for the organization to feel comfortable moving forward with them as their head coach for a third year. I think one of the biggest pieces is that they want a second year with him and Derek Carr. Dennis Allen did not get his quarterback in 2022. He got his quarterback in 2023. So really the timer starts then. Usually a head coach, once he gets his guy, gets his quarterback for a two years, maybe even more before the team is willing to move off. So those two will be married effectively in terms of what their futures are, but that future in 2024 will be both of them being a part of the New Orleans Saints organization. I do think though, Kevin, that the biggest adjustment that will happen for New Orleans going into 2024 will be a change in offensive coordinator. As good as the offense looked in the first half of this game against Tampa, I don't think there's anything that's going to change the trajectory of Pete Carmichael no longer being the offensive coordinator in 2024. Ross is awesome and be sure to check him out over at the Locked On Saints podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. That's all I have for you here today on Locked On NFL. Thank you so much for tuning in. Coming up tomorrow, more NFL content with you Tuesday. Host of Stay tuned for that. We'll see you right back here tomorrow on Locked On NFL.